On this week's general admission, we kick it off with some album discussions for the new Bowling for Soup and new King Gizzard records, as well as an album from a band called Cold Years, who were unknown to us just one week ago and have quickly won us over with their release Goodbye to Misery. We have Philadelphia artist Aaron Goldner of Generous Jams on to discuss his new album, and we wrap up with some Weekend Fish recap, as well as a listener voicemail on our favorite guilty pleasures. Okay, let's do it. Okay, we're here. April 28th. It is episode seven. Seven? Yeah. Episode seven, almost at the two month mark. Um, busy week with albums, and we're both very excited to talk about them because one in particular knocked our socks off. Um, Brett, we have to start with Cold Years because. Yes, we do. I don't even know where this band came from, and their album is all I could listen to. So, as you know, I'm a contributor to Chorus FM, occasionally doing some retrospectives and reviews for them. So, there's been a lot of talk about this one coming out for the past couple months, but the day it dropped, like talk over there exploded, and then it was all over Twitter. And then I saw like a bunch of people just putting like tweeting out links to the record i'm like if it's really that good i have to listen so i hit play on track one because like well the tweet i saw was like wow this is like this could be our generation's american idiot i'm like that is that's like i don't know if you're being dramatic there like that's some really high praise for a band i never heard of before yeah that's a big thing to just put out there a few hours into a debut or release rather like comparing it to green dates one of their well one of their magnum opuses i guess we can call it yeah yeah but then you hear 32 play and you're just blown away and you're like, okay i get it now yeah it's a record that sounds gigantic yes yeah and it's honestly it's hard for me to put into words like i feel like you have to go listen to it to get it it's like yeah no i'm with you It, it is a huge massive sounding album it's like it's like American Idiot, um, some Black Parade vibes, and then like all being sung by like the Gaslight Anthem almost. Like, yep, you nailed it. I was gonna say it like the lyrics remind me of Fifty Nine Sound. Yeah, it's got that that raspy like rock and roll voice going on. Um, he definitely reminds me a lot of Billy Joe with um, his inflections and the way he sings a lot of his words and the music as well. Um, but the, the, the guitar strumming like is very American Idiot. Yeah. Like, Yes. Um, there's a lot of parallels, which we can get into. Yeah. So like <laughs> Letterbomb was like stuck in my head all week from listening to this album. <laughs> but it's okay. It's it so um uh there's so so many things I don't even know where to start. But since we're on the Green Day topic, I will say my first listen, every song I was like, this just sounds like Billy Joe. Like at first it was I was I was a little conflicted how to feel because it's an amazing album. And part of me was like, is he just doing like a Billy Joe thing? But then even if he is, does it matter? Like if the album is great, I think that's all that should matter. And if it reminds me of another great album, that's not a knock at it. It's it's praise. So I got I got past that 
pretty quick. Um, but my first thoughts, I was like, this feels a lot like American Idiot to me. But um, it's not a bad thing. I no. decided. <laughs> and shout out to Craig Manning, who actually tweeted that it sounded it's like an American Idiot album. So shout out to him for that. That's what reeled me in. So, yeah. But it's kind of like in a way, it's like what Machine Gun Kelly did for like pop punk in a way, only with like American Idiot and like that kind of mid 2000s punk that they launched with that album. Yeah. The, the whole time listening to this, I just kept thinking, I didn't know that I needed more of this. And I'm surprised now in hindsight that it took someone this long to do it because those are some of our favorite albums. And it's been almost 20 years since, since one of that like style, like that pop punk slash rock and roll slash theatrical thing. I mean, if there are other albums that have been out since then, I'm not too like familiar, but um, it feels like I've been waiting for this album and I, I didn't even know I was. But yeah, this one, yeah. it just like, it feels bigger than like just any typical release. Like I know like we haven't really had this discussion yet, but like, I feel like there's albums that come along. We love it for a week. The next release week comes out and we forget all about that album that came out. Like this one, I feel like is going to, kind of stand the test of time for this year at least yeah i mean i don't want to get ahead of myself but i'm trying not to either but it feels like that gigantic i, I think it's my favorite album of the year so far mine <laughs> like, too i i am singing along in my car not knowing the words but just wanting to like make the noises along with the songs the harmonies which is, yes which is what i do when i'm just like forcing myself to learn an album not like in a bad way but just i want to sing along with this so bad and i don't know the words googling lyrics they don't even exist spotify yep, i tried that before <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's crazy it's so i can't i can find very little discussion of this band like on reddit there's i read a kerrang article that like at least gave me some insight they're from they're from um Aberdeen, um scotland and then their first album was a good album because I, I listened to like some of it today and the first song on that was titled 31 which i thought was kind of oh, cool okay yeah because the first one on this is 32 i see um, what they're doing yeah so we'll see if they follow that that idea but um it was a good album but it was missing that massive feel and i was reading that they did switch drummers between these albums and the dude who drummed on this isn't even the current drummer in the band like they had like a friend from another band um i'm blanking on the name but like he did the drums for it 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 was interesting and then he also moved from scotland to uh um uh what's it called oh so it's it's called glasgow which i guess is like a bigger city in scotland um but so he moved there with like a girl and like basically left his home. And that's a lot of the theme of the album, which I'm sure is a theme for like a lot of our favorite albums, leaving home and like taking on risks and new chances. Saying goodbye to misery. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's such a huge album. Um, I can't stop listening to it. I think Jane is my favorite song. Jane's a great one. It's and really I like the, catchy. I'm like obsessed with the breakdown on like, the the uh, album is it album name track no the title track title track there it is yeah <laughs> brain fart there 
Yeah. Where it's like goodbye to misery and then it's just a breakdown. Oh yeah. yeah. Goodbye to misery. Yeah, and then yep. it kicks in. Yeah, that's good. Um, I like um 32, the first one that we were talking about before. It kind of I think that's one of the songs that gives me black parade vibes. Not that it's like a similar style, but the structure is kind of the same where it I'm I think it has a chorus, but like it goes off at the end on like its own little tangent. And when he starts yelling like we are generation, uh, what is it? Generation overgrown, something like that. And then generation fuck it all. Yeah. And he's uh, like, that's a great one to sing along to. Cause you could learn that in like the first listen. Anytime you could just yell like fuck in your car is, is a good time. <laughs> and it just has that build and like, it sets the tone, like how like black parade does. Yeah. Like how eventually it just like kicks in and like this song kicks in in almost the same way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where the rest of the band joins yeah yeah it's it definitely sets the tone for the album and you don't you don't know it like you know they could have a big song like that and fall flat afterwards but they don't which is awesome yeah this one's good front to back like we like to say but this one truly truly is good yeah front to back 39 minutes um anything under 40 is like my favorite oh it's a sweet spot yeah (laughs) it just makes it you can you can listen to this real quick um and it's great a lot of the lyrics like what i appreciate is a lot of choruses they could just like repeat the same two lines but they don't a lot often they tweak um, it yeah they switch it up and i like that just because it's not like it'd be horrible if they if they did but it just shows that like they have stuff to say and they're not just being like lazy with it it doesn't even though it's a little formulaic, it doesn't feel like they're following a formula to me. It feels like this is just the music that they wanted to make and it's what they made. Like, I don't know. It seems genuine to me, even if it reminds us of all these other albums. It's definitely their masterpiece so far. Yeah, I've, I have already sure. was searching um, the site that shall not be named, um, T-Master, to see if um, <laughs> they were touring. And... They're doing some stuff over in Europe, but nothing, nothing here yet. But someone's going to take them on the road with them. Yeah, like someone big. And the other, the article I was reading also said they were big fans of Bruce Springsteen, so maybe that means like they want to play the Stone Pony. <laughs> That'd be I don't know nice. if that's like a stretch, but I could. I think you're going to say like they, like Bruce is going to take them on the road. I mean that that'd be cool. Except he's also. Be like, It'd be way harder to see them <laughs> if they're touring with Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather them just tour by themselves. Or, I think I mean, who knows if they could even do a headline tour over here? Like they haven't done it yet. So, this album could launch them to that, but it'd be like club venues probably, which is right up our alley. But yeah, yeah, I would love that. But um, it feels like we're in at the ground floor for the most part. They only have one album before this that isn't nearly maybe. It looks like two actually now that I'm looking at the it. Paradise. Spotify. What's the Paradise and Death Chasers? Yep. So I'll have to give those some listens, but for now, like I I've been struggling to to come off this album because all I want to listen to. I'm the same way. But I'm sure I'll get hooked on some of their past stuff too once it clicks. Yeah, because then once you're like a fan of the band you 
you want to listen to their old stuff even if it's not as good as like the album that got you into them because you just feel like a a connection but like looking at their their last album all right so their last album they have a song that has seven hundred thirty four thousand plays which is pretty big um so far i don't think they're small then no i mean that's a lot of plays um but this album they have a song um headstone which i'd have to play to like hear to know it but um has 258,000 which is roughly i mean it's not like half but like we'll just say half for the sake of it and that's in like a week so it's definitely on a good pace you think headstone was the first single ah, yeah I, I yeah that would, that would end mm-hmm. up it's it's a great album i'm, I'm just is. so happy that like that an it, album like this exists. came out that we weren't even we weren't even like waiting for it or anything. It just like popped out of nowhere, which makes it even more, more exciting. I like when that happens. Cause I thought we were in a lull till like Silverstein pretty much, but this was a nice surprise. Yeah. And Silverstein, we like know what we're getting a little bit, not like a knock, but they're a band we've been listening to for a long time. Um, we have an idea of how that's going to sound and we're excited for it. This was just like, Oh, some album came out. Sounds like, other albums you like maybe you'll like it and we did that was pretty much the pitch on twitter (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean i'll always i'll put on a few songs from any album like there's no reason not to if people you respect are telling you to check it out or if they're comparing it to bands you like so i'm glad i listened i am too and speaking of bands that you recommend for people to listen to and like should we get into our next album Yes, King Giz. Speaking of the opposite of a 40-minute album. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Um, Omnius, hold on. I'm going to have to read it. because <laughs> Omnium Gatherum. It's yes, a good you. thing Spotify spells it because like, I can't read the album cover. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think you're supposed to be. The album cover looks as psychedelic as some of the songs are. And these guys already have, speaking of like plays, they already have songs in like the millions on this album, which is just wild. It's wild that a song that's 18 minutes and 17 seconds has like 1.5 million listens. Yeah. And opening the album with an 18 minute song is just like, that's, that's big lizard balls right there. It is. <laughs> I like, I love that song though. Like I was sitting there like enjoying like every second of it. I don't know if like tools like kind of, prepared me for really long songs and then i end up like loving them but i sat there just enjoying like every second of that yeah the the dripping tap the dripping tap yeah when i when i put it on um you know like now with this podcast we're making a more of a point to listen to a lot of new music so i don't always know um how an album's gonna hit me and sometimes at first it's like all right hour 20 minute album first song's 20 minutes like let's let's click play and like see how it goes and like i don't have to listen to it all in one sitting and i wound up listening to this entire album in one sitting because it was so interesting yeah like no two songs are really alike or maybe no more than two like there's songs on this album that that rap there's songs that sound like pink floyd 
there's songs that sound like Sabbath. Like it is so all over the place and yet still has a flow that it's, I, I can't think of an album that, that um, this reminds me of. Like, this is just unique, good, interesting music. No, like this was my first experience with them too. So like I had no like expectations coming into it. And like I couldn't believe all these albums were together on one album and it was by one band. Cause like, but kind of like what we get to with Goldie a little bit, like there's songs like that sound like the Beastie Boys and then like, like all the bands you mentioned as well. And it's just, even like this one, like I know like we're on a podcast and I should be able to like put into words this album, but it's really hard to, cause like it's just so all over the place, but there's, a little bit of something for everyone, which is like, I feel like it's really rare, especially in an album that's almost an hour and a half. Yeah. And I, I think if it, if it was an hour and a half of the same songs, it wouldn't work, but no, um, you know, they go from like, just say like one of the songs like that we were talking about Gaia, like almost sounds like, like a tool song almost. And then the next one after it, um, and, and nothing and like that. Ambergris <laughs> is like jazz fusion. <laughs> like, I don't even know what i would call it um there's there's a song called grim reaper and it's a rapping track but then yeah, it just has like the beastie boys one and then it just has a flute that comes in and like crushes it <laughs> <laughs> i was like what am i listening to and i am loving it yeah that one was beastie boys this and uh sadie sorceress kind of gave me like a paul revere kind of beat because it kind of had did. that like yeah. do 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 like kind of going but um yeah, it's just such a all over the place album and it works so well. It and then like not to sound cool. like a new, but like to like all their other albums sound like this. Cause like I couldn't stop listening to this one. So I didn't really get to dig into their catalog as much. I can't even tell you because <laughs> I am a new fan as well. And anytime I've listened to them before, it's just been like hitting shuffle or like going to like this is King Gizzard and just like letting stuff play um they definitely lean into the psychedelic side for a lot of stuff but um then they have that infest the rat's nest album we were talking about last week that's just all like heavy metal songs so they just do whatever they want and they do it well and it's really cool it was awesome and then i have to get on a side tangent here but so i saw they have like the song gaia and I'm like, why have I heard Gaia before? And then I realized it, it's a set your goal song, Gaia Bleeds. So oh, I'm like, what is Gaia? Like, what is, <laughs> why do people keep naming songs after this Gaia? And I didn't realize it's apparently in like Greek mythology. It's like the personification of the planet Earth, Whoa. which makes sense for why Gaia Bleeds is uh, called that because it's all about like, how the Earth is getting destroyed. Oh, interesting. So I guess that's kind of what they're going for here, too. Maybe See, I thought I it know. was I thought it was about beans, but that would be Goya. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a separate that's a whole separate band. <laughs> Three whole <A's. laughs> I mean, I wouldn't put it past this band to just put out an album like in Spanish or something crazy. Like <laughs> these guys have no to say they're outside the box is like an understatement. They like built their own box and then went outside of it. <laughs> <laughs> and they're blowing up now like as goldie says in very shortly but. yeah yeah we, um you'll hear from from him on our interview um our friend goldie who kind of ex he exposed me to this band 
Um, but apparently he's been seeing them since what do you say, like 2015 or earlier? Because there's like nine people in the audience, right? He said, <laughs> Yeah. So I'm like, thanks for the invite, because this would have been nice to know before tickets were like a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, I think we missed uh, the vote on that on the cheap tickets. Yeah. But man seeing these guys in in like a terminal five setting would be would be rad i feel like they could pull off the fish madison square garden show now with like all this with this type of music yeah i it seems like they have a big enough fan base um yeah and like if people just want to like get down and dance and like listen to cool music like you don't need to be in a club venue for that obviously as we always say like smaller venues are better but i think it would work like just fine in an arena that has to be such a fascinating live show too because you go from one second from like vibing to like wanting to headbang with like yeah. the next song <laughs> and there's so many like fish fans who are a fan of um king gizzard that I wonder if they like jam on their live shows, if they like kind of string stuff together. Um, I would imagine if they have an 18 minute song, they're willing to like jam out on their three. Oh, they have songs. to, I'm sure. Yeah. Like I just judging by their music, I can't see them as just being content, like just playing the song in a live setting. Like they have to do more. We'll find out someday um this tour they're on now was postponed a bunch which i think is contributing the tickets being highly priced so if we keep an eye out maybe we could see them for like 60 bucks yeah, i'm definitely adding them to the list after this album yeah yeah it'd be like like tool and like fish like had a baby and then like dropped in like the beastie boys <laughs> If that's not re a recipe for a good band, I don't know what is. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, we had another new album this week, a band that has been around for some time now, and they're still crushing the pop punk game. Bowling for Soup put out an album. Um, let me get this name right. It's it's Pop. <laughs> I want to get it right because it's it's a funny name. Um, Pop drunk snot bread. Pop punk's not dead. Pop drunk snot bread. Yes. And the album pretty much <laughs> spells it out with pictures too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Um, and they're a funny band, but this album isn't all like gags, you know? Um, there's some serious songs on this album and there's some funny songs and there's some songs that just like rip on guitar, which is really cool. Um, they start off with a song called greatest of all time, just talking about how they're like top of the pop punk game. And it's like kind of tongue in cheek, but also I'd say not because they've been around for so long and they continue to crush it that I think they're, they're underrated in the pop punk scene. Um, or maybe they're, Maybe they're rated fine and I just slept on them for a little bit. Um, but this album's awesome. Like front to back, there's there's no songs I don't like. Um, well, I think uh, I agree with you. I think they're underrated because like they're a band, honestly, before you brought them up last week, like I haven't thought about them in a really long time other than like when they were at Warped Tour. But yeah. 
it sent me down the rabbit hole and like i've been listening like drunk enough to dance for like a week straight now (laughs) because that album is just so good and like you said like they're not all like jokes all the time like there's this song where to begin that like I'm, i'm like obsessed with and it's like a serious song that's not like your typical like girl the bad guys want or doing a goofy cover yeah and yeah. but i haven't even been able to listen to the new album because i can't stop <laughs> listening to this one <laughs> but now i have to that you're saying it's good to front to back yeah good from front to back there yeah you definitely have to have to put it on um and they they have some serious songs like what you were just talking about like um they have this one song um what's it called um called the best we can and it's it starts acoustic i think it's pretty much acoustic but it might have some electric kick in towards the end but it, it could be a wedding song like it's just like a beautiful love song and they're singing from this perspective now of being grown-ass dudes in i guess their 40s i don't i don't know how old they are um but they have some songs that kind of reference nostalgia like um there's one called wouldn't change a thing and he's like uh what does he say he goes, he goes, I sang about 1985, 19 years after 1985. And then he's like, I'm still singing about 1985, like 36 years or whatever the right number is. And just kind of like recaps their career. And like, he has some funny lines in there. Like, he's like, maybe I shouldn't have decided I was too cool for Green Day when Dookie blew up. and Like stuff like that. <laughs> Cause it's I like, like <laughs> it's called wouldn't change a thing. So like, he's like, Oh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have wrote green day off because they got popular, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, is getting old sucks. A joke song. Um, yeah, it's, it is and isn't. And also, you know, hits a little closer to home than I'm sure we care to admit. Uh, but yeah, they, they, they have some, some funny lines in there about like my friends had like two heart attacks and I like have bad knees. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, uh, there's one line where he says the room smells like uh Werther's like those uh caramel, like hard candies. It's really specific. <laughs> it is really specific, but Nicole carries those but around accurate. and I always call her a grandma for it because I'm like who carries hard caramels around if you're under the age of like 60. <laughs> And now you have the song to back up that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then they have like these little interludes where um, I wish I could figure out the dude's voice doing it because he, he sounds break? familiar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's a pee break and, he, and there's one he's like, I'm sorry to interrupt this pop punk masterpiece, but I just need to take a second to like tell everyone to be kind to each other because life is hard enough as it is without us like shitting on each other. And then it goes into the song, which is one of my favorites. And it's it's kind of a I don't want to say like a joke song because that like diminishes it, but the chorus. So the song's like kind of about like just today's culture and like you're talking about politics online, and the guy's like, Oh, I'm just telling it like it is, like all like kind of stuff you you hear people say. And then the chorus just goes kill a motherfucker kill a motherfucker and they play like this g-funk like snoop dog kind of like 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 that probably wasn't accurate but and then they go kill a motherfucker with kindness (laughs) but they just repeat like kill a motherfucker like is it like pretty fly for a white guy a little bit it just (laughs) 
you gotta listen to it like okay. when we when we break it halfway like, it, it's so funny it just wasn't what i was expecting but then there's like an amazing bridge that's just like pop punk like deliciousness and like the the contrast with this like strange rapping chorus just makes it like hit that much harder it's it's just a great song it's a great album like that one goes into wouldn't change a thing so you go from like this song that's kind of funny to this song that's super serious and like 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 nostalgic um it's a really good album i i put it on um to listen just you know for the pod and i've listened to it like five times since i'm really enjoying it and i want to go on this tour because they're touring with less than jake at starland Ooh, that's a good show yeah uh june 25th it's a saturday in the summer so Mm. (laughs) i know i've been trying not to like book up all my summer weekends with concerts because i'm like notorious for that and the next thing i know my entire summer is like weddings and concerts but i really want to go to this one so if i could find like anyone else who's down i'm probably gonna do it i might be down i'm starting to get right back into them and this is like a slow album week i feel like i'm gonna listen to this one all weekend probably and i feel like it'd be such a fun show like lesson jake and bowling for soup are some of the most fun live bands you could see Lesson Jake's hilarious live. Like they've been like some of the best bands I've seen like ever on Warp Tour in all the years I went. Like pulling people on stage to like play yep. the trumpet or something, or, <laughs> or cutting spin- some, giving someone a haircut. <laughs> I've seen them have like a big wheel of songs, and they'd have fans just spin it. They had like a wrestling, a boxing ring set up at one. <laughs> like gave people blow up like boxing gloves. Like they're they're goofy and fun, and their music's awesome. Both these bands, so. It's probably a great time. Yeah. Or it would be a great time, I should say. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm hoping uh you think it'll sell out or you think we can just like game time it. I think that one might be a game time. Right. Unless right. we're sleeping on like the bowling for soup and I'm like, I feel like we need a bowling for soup expert to come on and tell us if we're properly calling <laughs> them underrated or not. Well, maybe we could get Jarrett to come on from bowling for soup and he can just tell us that they're not underrated. Or that they are. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that'd be a fun conversation to have. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't thought about your band since I was 13, but <laughs> that's not true. I had tickets to their one of their shows with my friend, and COVID, uh, COVID messed it up. And then it got rescheduled to a day. I had to go to a wedding. Surprise, surprise. What else is new? Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're at but, that age but now. Hangover You Don't sucks. Deserve was that was. That's up there with like some of the first like punk albums that I owned. And they were That's singing about they were singing about beer before I knew what beer was. So like <laughs> they were just like cool, funny dudes making good music. Like almost is an amazing song. Um, come back to Texas. Uh see, you went to um, my drunk enough to dance. I I go to hangover you don't deserve. Um 2000 wow 2004 what a year for music so much came Great out in year. 2004 we should just like draft 2004 albums one episode or if we have a certain guest on maybe he'll do that one with us oh yeah yeah that that would be fun have you been listening to anything else this weekend or you've been just kind of like leaning into goodbye to misery 
and bowling. It's been a lot of goodbye to misery, drunk enough to dance, King Gizzard. And I'm, I've honestly went down the system of a down rabbit hole too after last week. <laughs> nice. Like their self-titled first album, I can't stop listening to because it's heavy and awesome. And then I did the uh, back-to-back mesmerize and hypnotize because I forgot oh. how good that one-two punch is. So they were—they're so those... good. I wish they still made music. They released those in the same year. They did. Like one came out early, like the first half of the year, and they released hypnotize i wanted to say like that november 2005 wow that's impressive i love I want another album like, now but i don't think we're gonna that. get one <laughs> uh, you n- never know it worked for tools so maybe system that's of a true. down i'll uh jump on board you got the two singles but i think that's probably all we're gonna get for now yeah um i've been listening to dear you by jawbreaker Ooh, you're going to that show soon, right? Tomorrow. Yeah. Um, back to the city. <laughs> Less than a week. <laughs> I've been in the city three times in the past <laughs> week for shows. It's it's ridiculous. Um, hopefully I get into this show. <laughs> we'll we'll get to we'll get to fish after the break, but um I have tickets to the show, so it shouldn't be uh shouldn't be a question if I get in or not. That's gonna be um, an awesome show. Like, Dear You is so good. That book. The sellout got me so into that album. Yeah, yeah, same. Um, I was listening to it nonstop from that book. At the same time, they were like, hey, we're going to get back together for a tour and we're going to do all of Dear You. So I'm like, oh, they basically like, I have to go see it. Yeah. It, it's, it's a no brainer. Um, just like, they got so much shit for that album. And now like it's like beloved. Yeah. Kind of like was, Pinkerton. I was reading like I... I not reading um i rented a, a documentary on jawbreaker and um they like don't even like that album i'm not even sure if they like each other which kind of like makes me think about going to the show like why should i go to the show if like they're not gonna be into it um so i don't know i'm curious to see see what the deal is you have um, to report back on that one yeah if it's just like a heartless cash grab or what because <laughs> they almost broke up like five times before that album came out yeah and then they did break up um they have said multiple times like they don't like that album how <laughs> they're touring that album like multiple times a week for for months so i'm a little confused but whatever if they nail the songs like it'll be fun those songs are so good <laughs> yeah yeah everything uh jet black accident prone um what's the one the world is an oyster <laughs> yeah locked in a shell um you like the taste of it but can't take the smell <laughs> weird lyrics and there's one song towards the oh fireman's great um spluttering is good too yeah is that the one where he's just like oh that this is probably bad scene He's just like describing like a party the whole song. Yeah, that and one like, felt like it was off the American Pie soundtrack. Yeah. That like I think has like lost me a little bit, but today I was I was just really listening to the lyrics of it. I'm like, oh, this is just like a cool story of going to a party and then watching your friend's girl like hook up with someone else and not knowing what to do. <laughs> but yeah, it it was cool. Um yeah, it's a great album, so 
I'm, I'm sure you get some uh, 24 hour revenge therapy songs too. Yeah. Um, so I looked it up. They don't play the album in order, which I thought that's was interesting. Odd. Usually when you tour an album, I mean, like Newfound Glory didn't do it, but they were touring too and mixing them together. Um, yeah, they don't play it in order and they randomly mix in like four or five other songs. So whatever. Like they close with Accident Prone, which is only the fourth song on the album. It's a good show closer though. Yeah, it really is. Because it, it's long and it it builds and it makes sense. So yeah, that's tomorrow. Um, see how that goes. But um, should we get to our interview with uh, with Goldie, aka Generous Jams? Let's do it. Let's get the Goldie. All right, cool. Okay, we now welcome on independent artist and friend of the pod, Aaron Goldner. He just released his second album under his project, Generous Jams. The beats are kind and the artist is kinder. Goldie, thanks for coming on. Congrats on the new EP. It's been out for a week. How's it been going? Oh, it's been going, it's been going well. Thanks for having me on. I also wanted to say thanks for the shout out on uh, last week's episode. I was listening in for the, the fish talk and uh, <laughs> it was a nice, pleasant surprise. But uh, yeah, it's been going well so far. You know, just doing the, the DIY thing right now. So it's you know, it's, it's what it is, but I, Hey, it's out there. So that's half the battle. So <laughs> what, what's the, what's the DIY thing? Like you release it and then what, what happens? And then you just try to promote it the best you can yourself, you know, without any real help from like a major or like a label or anything like that, you know, but Hey, maybe I'll track a, a label through this uh, release, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, you got to just keep, keep putting it out there and see, uh, see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. It's all you can do. You know, there's so much stuff out there. All you can do is try. Yeah. No, but it it sounds great. Um I've been enjoying that. it. Yeah. It's it's really it's really nice to like vibe to, you know? Um, yeah, no, definitely. It's definitely uh I always like to call it adult swim bumper music. It's definitely <laughs> like a certain mood, you know. Yeah, that that was actually one of one of our questions because um I saw you mention adult swim in one of your Instagram posts. And oh my hope is that I I constantly tag them and everything. So it's mainly adults from hire me. So I'm hoping one day it'll <laughs> attract their attention and get that phone call or that email. <laughs> I could totally hear it playing like over a random landscape, like following like Rick and Morty and then like a strange <laughs> quote. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I was say. It's definitely, I feel like a big influence on me. I mean, I feel like, you know, from like, I'm, I don't even know how old, like 12, 13. I've just been consuming Adult Swim like in mass quantities on end. So it makes sense that it eventually kind of came out of the music I was making. I really hope they hire you. That's all I'm saying. Appreciate oh, that. Yeah. Me too. It'd be a cool gig to have. <laughs> yeah, that that would be, that seems like it would be a lot of fun. Definitely. Um, cool atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. It's got, I would imagine it's got to be. Um, You've, you've played in bands in the past and now this is a solo project. So how's, uh, how is it working by yourself? Like, you know, as opposed to collaborative efforts? Oh, sure. Uh, you know, it's definitely got its pros and cons. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't have to like call up a bunch of people to, you know, come over and work on a song. It's kind of like whenever I'm like good to go. So that's like a pro that's like, you know, it's nice to 
to work on stuff when I want to work on it. Um, but, you know, I definitely miss the camaraderie. You know, there's definitely something nice to have some some bandmates and maybe one day with this project, I'll recruit some people to help play this music like out in the world, not just like on a computer, you know. Um, but, you know, so it's definitely been a different experience. Um, it's been a good one overall, I would say. It's mostly positive, but yeah, you definitely going from playing with people constantly, you kind of miss like the company, you know. Yeah, I think we're all missing company over the past sure. couple of years. <laughs> Definitely. Goldie, I got to ask, like, how stressful is it like doing it all by yourself? Like the whole DIY thing Because like, I'm an anxious person. Like it gives me like anxiety just thinking about, you know, writing, producing, recording, promoting, like my head's just spinning right now. So like, what's that like? Uh, you know, I mean, it helps. I'm a control freak. So it's actually been really like rewarding in that sense. Because, um, you know, I would actually say it's been nice not having to necessarily have to have like everybody in the same place at the same time on the same page. You know, I don't have to like it's always like, compared to like you're in the nuclear submarine. You need everyone to turn the keys at the same time to have launch. In this case, I'm the submarine, I'm the submarine commander on my own. So I get to like kind of, I don't know, it's been a kind of freeing, I would say, overall, which I didn't think because I'm like you kind of, I would say I'm definitely an anxious person and it's definitely i would say a lot sometimes having all the hats on at the same time uh definitely learning a lot about social media because i suck at social media so that's been the biggest uphill battle it's just keeping up with instagram posts or just even generating social media content i mean i feel like i've neglected my facebook page for over a year now but like let's be real facebook's dead anyway so it's like as long as the instagram is thriving you know they're both owned by the same thing though. <laughs> it's ironic though, I know, but no one's on Facebook anymore, but everyone's on Instagram. <laughs> you don't want to appeal to uh the boomer generation with your music? <laughs> I don't think they get what I'm going for, you know. <laughs> well, you you use some samples in your music, so if you just sample certain people or <laughs> figures, <True>. maybe uh <laughs> I mean, on this last EP though, I didn't really I maybe I took like an audio bite here or there, but I would say most of the music is like original composition at this point. I'm trying to move away from sampling just for legality reasons. I mean, on my first EP, there's definitely some like West Montgomery samples on there, but like I don't want to jump through the rabbit holes to get all that stuff <laughs> clear to get on Spotify, you know. Yeah. There was a clip, there was some like you said, like a a clip on this one um i'm not sure where 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 was that from it was, um are you talking about on uh, your true concern is it's, yeah uh, or it just says like the best time is. the smoke is now or something like oh, that. oh that's on uh, trees blowing in the wind that's a little soundbite from uh seth rogan on uh jimmy kimmel's show where he's telling this story about these like fraternity brothers who like invite him over to their frat house after like a show and he gets there they don't have any weed and he's like if there was any time not to have weed, it's now. And that's a uh, sound like that made it onto the album. So did you did you hear that? And then think like this needs to go out. Like how that's such a random clip. Seth Rogen deep <laughs> <Yeah>. cut. <laughs> uh, I guess so. I, yeah, so I spent a lot of time definitely watching like Conan O'Brien and like Jimmy Kimmel and Craig Ferguson, all those like late night host. And uh, I don't know, yeah, certain sound bites just like, re- like that story just resonated with me. So when I was like, looking for something i was like well i always thought that was amusing and thought it would sound cool on like a hip-hop track so that's definitely where that one comes from but uh yeah i have like a little computer file on my computer of just like a mishmash of random movie quotes and sound bites that I like throughout like life that if, like it sounds like if it resonates with me i just like find it snip it put it in that folder and then on a rainy day go digging and see what i got in there so there's a lot of random stuff in there a lot of things from just all over the place is the Walker Texas Ranger lever from Conan in one of those? 
I should use that. I was just saying, <laughs> I should find some Conan bits. I actually, I feel like that's the one show I don't have too many bits from. I have like stuff from Letterman. I have stuff from Craig Ferguson, especially because he's got that weird skeleton robot. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He says a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> so so for our listeners who, who aren't familiar with your music, sure. you, you start with like a, a hip hop beat kind of core, but I would say to me, it seems like more than, than hip hop beats. Like you there's more going on there. So was that always the plan or what kind of, how did like your music come to be your music? Sure. Um, I mean, this project more than a project, I would say it's just the perfect marriage of everything I'm into. I'm definitely been strongly into hip hop for years and just always looking for little ways to incorporate into things. Um, I would say definitely when I started out with this project though, I was trying to make strictly hip hop beats, but like everything else in my life, I overcomplicate things and then it turns into some beautiful mess. So then I just stick with it kind of, um, I mean, the way I would describe the overall sound, and this is like what I would put on like the old MySpace page, but I would say <laughs> psychedelic slash hip hop slash Indietronica. I feel like that kind of encompasses the soundscape. And I always will be like, it's for fans of MF Doom and like the gorillas and like, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard and like definitely that kind of like I guess like psychedelic music but it's like it's a full spectrum of stuff you know because they're like you're saying at the fundamental core of it like normally the bass and the hip-hop I'm sorry the bass and the drums are normally hip-hop oriented but yeah I'll like you know a great example of like all the marriages on this new album was a track called Salted Caramel where like the fun like the bass of it sounds like some sort of dance beat but then on top of it's this like almost like MGMT kind of like synth thing going on. That's like, I guess Gorilla-esque too, you know, but um, you know, so it's definitely like a marriage, I would say. It's definitely a nice like little parfait of all these different things I'm just into. And I just, you know, it comes naturally into the mix. You mentioned the the synth things. Um, the sounds on this album, are they all from a computer? Are you playing instruments? Like what, how does, how does it work? Cause there's so many different noises sure. happening. <laughs> Uh, most of it these days is computer based, but there's definitely a couple of like real like me playing the bass on some tracks. Uh, there's one track called Blue Dream. I'm actually playing guitar on. It's my quote unquote debut playing guitar ever, like on anything really. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting to put that out there because I've predominantly just been a bass player my whole quote unquote music career, you know. Um, so on this one, it's like, you know, when certain parts call for it, I'll pull out a real instrument. But I mean, it's crazy with all the computer, you know, sounds that are available and like what sounds like good these days you know it's like almost like album ready right out the gate uh so i definitely will just sit there with sound packs um, on my computer and just like pull out like the right sounds for the project you know how do you find like the right sounds like i've never made like music through a computer before so like is that like a long like difficult process trying to like mix and match or yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a lot of trial and error it's definitely like seeing what sticks uh, i usually start with the drums and i'll build up from there drums bass gives a good foundation or I'll do drums and like a keyboard progression, you know. Um, but yeah, so it's definitely a lot of like what in the moment feels right and just kind of going with it that way. Uh, but it's definitely like, I feel like I always say this to so a fly on the wall, music making could kind of be a really boring process because it's just me with a computer, you know, smoking a blunt, just scrolling through endless like sounds, just saying like, does this sound good? And then just also like jamming in that sound, you know, making like seeing if I could find a riff, if any ideas come to mind. Um, cause if, yeah, that's basically how it works is if I find a sound and I find a riff and I can like kind of go off on that riff, I'll, that's probably how the sound's going to make it onto like the final cut. I, I gotta imagine there's so many 
slightly different sounds that it's got it's got to be hard to narrow down like eventually you just have to pick one and stick yeah. to it right De definitely and there's plenty of times where i'll find like three or four sounds where i like them all and it'll be like well these could be three or four different tracks if i like remember them later you know can you record a melody and then decide you'd rather it be a different sound and keep the melody, but just kind of change the instrument to it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the beauty of recording in MIDI and recording on a computer first, you know, with like different like MIDI controllers, because uh, you can do exactly what you're saying is I can come up with a part, come up with a riff. I can stick with it. If I'm not crazy about the sound, I could just, you know, hit the up and down arrow until I find the sound that fits with the riff better. But uh, yeah, that's the nice thing about, it's so crazy how music technology is like these days. It's a lot easier these days, which you know, is a good and bad thing, but uh, it's kind of great just to have that, like, you know, everything's available. Like if I want saxophones, I got saxophones, you know, they don't sound cheap and processed and like a toy, you know, it sounds like a, for the most part, it sounds like a real sax or it sounds close enough, you know? Oh, that's awesome. Um, are certain instruments harder to work with than others? Like, do you find yourself like, say the saxophone, you can really just nail like a melody but then if you try to do a xylophone sound you're you're struggling or something like that um, you know it's all about finding yeah the right uh voicing for that part you know it's all about like where does this fit in the whole soundscape uh usually it's like kind of like a, something that i feel like presents itself naturally you know if, if i'm adding a xylophone part it's because like i can like hear in like the grand scheme of the whole song i can i can hear it kind of in my head so then it's like a matter of like finding that part, if you will, that, and again, it's all about making sure it fits in there, you know, cause I definitely have gone through that process where you overload a track with too many things. And then you kind of have to sit there and be like, well, what really needs to be here? What doesn't need to be here? Now Goldie, like knowing you've like worked with like all these different instruments, like different programs, the computer, like, would you ever like consider like producing for another artist? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think the, the grands, and when I told myself when I first started this, the idea was I'd like, make a couple of these EPs just to get my feet wet, but then I'd use them to like lure in a rapper and then I'd find that person and ride their coattails to the top, ideally. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, right. so, but, it's a winning uh, yeah, formula well, though. <laughs> it's great to work with uh, different singers and rappers. Um, you know, I definitely hear that room for that because that's like one thing I definitely, I can't, I can't rap, I can't sing like well. I wouldn't do it enough to put on a recording and then release it, you know? So it would be cool to collaborate with someone down the road and kind of like, you know, just see where that leads to just, but maybe I find someone I'm steady working with, or maybe they're just on a track, but yeah, definitely would love to produce for other people and collaborate with other people with this project. Could, could you see vocals being added to these tracks or would it probably be a new set that you'd make with vocals in mind? Uh, no, I'm definitely. Cause you know, it's funny. I was, when I first started making a lot of these tracks, I would like leave certain things out because I was telling myself, oh, well, if I find a rapper, that's where, you know, the verse would go. That's where they would probably put some bars. But I was like, well, for the sake of just putting them out there, I'll fill in the space. But yeah, it'd be cool. If, like the right person and they had like a vision, I would definitely be open to like going back to one of these original tracks and like just, you know, making space for them or, you know, just throwing the stuff out vocals over the top of it, seeing if it's naturally. Have you put feelers out there yet to find a rapper? Not yet. I should, though, because I live in Philly, so Lord knows there's a pretty big like DIY like music scene here, and it's not too hard to network with other musicians. So I feel like finding a rapper is just a matter of just, you know, putting something out there and seeing what, you know, see what comes back. You're in like one of the most underrated music cities, I feel like. Like there's so many good things that come out of Philly. Definitely. I feel like it doesn't get its credit. 
Oh, no, I agree. I mean, it's in the real grand scheme of things. We have like, we got Will Smith, we got Meek Mills, we got like little Uzi Vert, and we got like the Roots. And it's like that. Oh, and we got Dr. Dog. How can I forget? You know what I mean? But it's like, you know, as far as the hip hop game goes, it's very like, there's really no like, I mean, I guess Meek Mills kind of big if you're into like that kind of more like, I don't know what to call it, mainstream rap, I guess, if you will. But, uh, you know, I don't feel like we have like an Eminem. We don't have like a Wu-Tang Clan or I guess, I don't know, it's hard to say with the Roots because the Roots are, yeah, sure. you know, obviously they're they're known, they're a commodity, they're a great hip hop and influential and everything. But yeah, Billy's definitely doesn't feel like it gets its credit in the grand scheme of things. Um, and what's cool about here is there's like literally a music scene for everything. Everybody's, there's metal, there's hip hop, there's, you know, there's rock, there's bluegrass there's country, you know, it's great. There's crazy synth, you know, DJs and stuff like that. So it's definitely a nice melting pot for if you're into music, there's something for you here. Yeah. sounds like you, you got your pick if you want to, if you want to collaborate. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a matter of just getting out there, you know, going to shows, talking to other musicians. That's a, that's half the battle. It's just talking to people. <laughs> can, can you see yourself? I know you mentioned before, maybe flushing these songs out with a band, but could you see yourself maybe, with your laptop and some speakers like bumping it live somewhere yeah actually you know it's funny i was like if i ever get asked to because it's gonna probably be a little bit before i can get a real band together for this stuff i was like could definitely go hook up my computer somewhere i know this um he's like i guess we call a visual artist but like i would totally try to hire him for the night to just come with his projector and like his crazy bank of visuals just like do something while the music plays because then it's like because i'm always i've always been someone who criticizes people who just show up at the laptop and hit play and it's like <laughs> You know, I acknowledge that in the moment that I how the turntables doing it because it'd be, you know, yeah, exactly, <laughs> completely. But that's why I'm like, let me get this halfway. Like, I'll still provide a show. I just won't be the one creating the show. I'll just be creating the soundtrack to the show. It'll be almost like a movie, you know. <laughs> yeah, group effort. Um, speaking of visuals, um, the album art yeah. was super cool. Um, I I know uh, it's it's a nod to Burn After Reading. You mentioned and like it it looks it. Obviously, yeah, that's what you're going for. I didn't really hide George Clooney, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> was um, did you did you work with an artist and just tell them like this is what I want, or did did it did they kind of come up with it? How, oh no, yeah. So I definitely would say uh, the name came first because it was just one of those like you know you're having a conversation and you know the idea of smoke after eating came out and I was like I like how that sounds and then the vision and literally the album <laughs> came right afterwards. I was like oh it'd be cool to play off of Burn after reading. Um, so funny enough, it was a kind of a random, like, like happenstance, how I met the artist for this. I was on Reddit and I saw someone posting on the Twin Peaks subreddit, like fan art. And I was like, I really like this person's style. Let me see, like, what are the chances this is like someone who does art like regularly or is just like a one-off piece? So I clicked on their profile and their whole profile was literally just like mashup art, you know? And it was like, for example, there's this replacements albums called Let It Be, where they're all sitting on a rooftop, but then it had the Beatles sitting on the rooftop, you know, because they also have an album called Let It Be. But it was like stuff like that. She had all this like stuff referencing like Wes Anderson movies. And I was like, all right, she clearly is into the same stuff I'm into. I like her style. Let me just send her a message, see if she'd be open to it. And she was like very much down with the concept, especially because I told her the concept up front. And I was like, this is what I'm looking for. Can you help? Like, I think your style would suit this really well. And Clearly, you know, the rest is history because it's definitely she knocked it out of the park. And, uh, you know, Samantha Miller, just giving her a shout out, say uh, Sam Bam Arts on Instagram. Uh, definitely, you know, glad she uh, hooked me up with the awesome piece. That's awesome. Nick and I were just talking like a couple episodes ago, like 
about like how we want to have an album artist on sometime because like there's so many great album covers out there and so many artists that are making like just really cool things in music so yeah absolutely i mean coming back to philly there's a lot of great artists here but like in the visual set like you know a lot of painters and stuff like that so in the same music like groups on facebook and stuff like that you'll definitely see a lot of artists like you know putting their portfolios out there so you know it's definitely nice to connect with other local artists who's also trying to make it you know and just kind of have that like camaraderie of like let's do this together you know teamwork you know (laughs) artists helping artists yeah absolutely exactly yeah simple as that yeah um how i was wondering this on an ep with no with no vocals um how do you name the songs? Um, where do you where do you pull the names from? I know, like I recognize, like maybe Blue Dream as a strain. I don't know yeah, if the others are uh, weed strains. And that's, I guess kind of part of the joke there is so is upset Sherwood and so is salted caramel. Um, <laughs> I thought that might were, be the case. Those were, those were the I guess the other bandmates in those uh, in those specific tracks. Those were definitely <laughs> the little Santa's little helper, you know. Um, <laughs> So that's where those names specifically came from, because that's what I was definitely uh, feeling at the moment. But, you know, Trees Blowing in the Wind, it sounds dumb, but I literally was like, what am I going to name this song? And I looked out my window, and you guessed the tree was blowing in the wind. And I was like, you know, that actually kind of has like a nice ring to it. Like I wrote it out, and I was like, it kind of looks cool on paper. Like, you know, so. Um, and then, I feel, yeah, I feel like all these names are very, like your true concern is, well, that's it the sound bite was saying over and over again. (laughs) It's like, seems like this makes sense. Um, But you know, I don't know. I also like on my phone having a notepad with like a bunch of random ideas written down there. So whenever I need like a a track name or even just a working title, I always have something to pull from there. Cause like, you know, it's just like you're walking through life and like, you'll hear like a a term of phrase, you're watching something on TV and like a little, you know, snippet of a quote stands out. So it's just nice to have those like, on deck ready to go at any time i feel like the new ep i'm working on right now a lot of the names are coming from that little notepad there which is nice to have in those moments because definitely i would say sometimes you're just drawing a blank and you're like i hear it but i i don't see it you know <laughs> the creative juices are always flowing sounds sure. like yeah. yeah hopefully i mean you never know when yeah exactly you just never know when the muse is gonna strike so you just gotta kind of be ready it's like stand-up comedians where they walk around their notepads with you never know when you're going to think of a punchline. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just don't do the Rivers Cuomo Excel sheet thing where that's how you make music now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I forgot about that. <laughs> the rhyme library. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, there's websites that'll do that for you. <laughs> Maybe in a bind. Maybe in a bind. <laughs> yeah, right. I- pull up from like movies and tv shows that's like probably the biggest like biggest influence i would say for just like random names and stuff like that you know oh cool so the the next the next project is already in the works oh yeah yeah as i said i got i got one track definitely done and then i got like two other ones like in like them like i want to call it the the pool if you will they're swimming around just trying to find the right parts for <laughs> it and then it's like all right just need two more songs after that. And I'm hoping to actually put something out this fall because I've only done like April. And I'm like, let me, let me get like a nice haul. I want to do something for Halloween maybe. So maybe I'll do a Halloween EP, but I also, I, I'll, I can tell you, if you want an exclusive here, you can hear that. I can tell you the new name for the next EP. Oh, well, let's hear it. Uh, as I say, it's going to be called uh, Generous Jams Alone in Philadelphia. Yes, uh, mm. uh, a nice little play off of Flonius Monk there, uh, Alone in San Francisco, which is like, huge influence on me one of my favorite like albums of all time so 
don't know. I just thought it'd be kind of funny. There's a the album cover for that is Flonius on like a one of those San Francisco like train cars there. I'm like, you know, Philly's got those too. It'd be kind of funny <laughs> to uh, recreate the scene with me on a, like a set, to, you know, uh, trolley here. So that's the, that's the game plan. So that's the, the working title. We'll, we'll touch base a couple of months. Maybe I've changed it, but as of right now, <laughs> the working title. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Just do a, a rotating album title that just yeah. every three months it changes this way people can really find your music easily yeah that's, that's great for <laughs> definitely just try to keep it interesting <laughs> this is uh, it digging the podcast i was listening to that fish episode it was definitely like i felt like i was listening like i was like having a conversation but you guys couldn't hear me and i was like oh so many things I would love to talk to you guys about <laughs> fish, but I was like, I don't know if you guys are touching on the new King Gizzard album at all or not, but that just came out. And yeah, we're gonna shout out. <laughs> Nick just uh... showed me them this week, and I've been like hooked on them immediately. Nice, yeah. The, honestly, the new album too is one of those albums where it's like, this is a good. I feel like if I had to get someone into King Gizzard, I would show them this album because it literally has everything by them on there. It's got like their full yeah. spectrum sound. Plus they're pulling out this like Beastie Boys style hip hop out of nowhere on this album, which hasn't been on any of the albums previously. So it's cool to see them like evolving as a band. Yeah. I think that's what wrote me in. Cause like, I love the Beastie Boys. Very cool. Yeah. They definitely have that. Like there's a couple tracks specifically. There's two I can think of right after, like the Grim Reaper is one of them. It definitely has that like vibe to it. Yeah. Then they have like the heavy metal vibes on like, like Gaia. Yeah. Gaia. Yeah. yeah. And then um... like, that too, there's uh, Infest the Nest is like yeah. a player like tribute album. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I was sending, I was talking to my uncle about it and I sent him the heavy tracks because he's mm-hmm. really into that. And then I followed up with that album. Like, you should just listen to this album. because yeah. Those two tracks might as well be like extras from that album. Like, they would have fit in perfectly with the rest of that. So, like, there is no plan to be. Great song. Yeah. It's a good one. To, uh, the bass is killer. And like, the like hanging out behind the guitar riff, the bass is going just as crazy. It's really yeah, cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that guy plays super in the cut, but when you really listen to what he's doing, he's like not just a passive bass player. He's definitely very like, he's like, his part's moving a lot. And it's like, maybe not the most, it's not like a flea bass line, but it's, you know, it's definitely doing something. Have you ever seen them? I know uh, we we're talking yeah. about trying to. But. I was going to say after, so I think in this order, it's, it's like Fish, Primus, and King Gizzard and that like order of the bands. I've seen them more than any other bands. Um, so I got into King Gizzard in like 2013, saw them opening for Mac DeMarco at Terminal 5. It was a, kind of a random pairing, but it was one of those shows I always say changed my life and Jonah Hill was there randomly. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so after that, I think like anytime they were in like the tri-state area, I would try to go see them. So it was cool to go from paying like $25 to see them at like the Bowery Ballroom, you know, where there's like nine guys trying to cram onto that little stage with the projection <laughs> going. Um, and it's been fun to watch them rise all the way to playing like the electric factory in Philly and stuff like that. I'm sure it won't be long before they're playing like, you know, headlining terminal five and places like that. You know, I saw spin magazine just did a write up on them. So I was like, good for those guys. They're finally getting a little, like they're playing Coachella and stuff like that. Like their, their moment in the sun is like definitely coming soon. Oh, that's awesome. You can get well to join you next time you see them. Definitely. Oh God. They've had this one show in Philly. It's literally been sold out for two years since before the pandemic. Cause you know, they had to keep moving the dates. But yeah, I was going to say, next time they uh, tour and they announce in advance, to, <laughs> they got to snag those tickets before they go on sale kind of thing. Yeah, story of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Goldie, this has been awesome. Um, yeah, thank you been so, great. Thank you so much for coming on and talking oh, about the new album. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. I'm glad to uh, pop my uh, podcast cherry. This is my first like official interview ever, really. As, uh, <laughs> as long as I've been playing music, quote, quote, semi-professionally, uh, it's my first like real formal interview. So I really appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, <laughs> maybe your first. Well, <laughs> <laughs> something I'll always remember and cherish. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much, Goldie. Come on anytime, and we could talk Yo, about new new albums happily. and whatever. I'll talk about other whatever. Music next time, <laughs> everyone just uh, do a fish episode too. Give me a call. <laughs> yeah, if, I'm gonna hold if, you to that. Yeah, right. It's the same. Summer's <laughs> not too far away. <laughs> Better watch out. Brett's gonna like come down with the cold or be on vacation. I'll be like, Goldie, let's just talk about fish for like three hours. <laughs> It'll be a fish takeover. I'm down. <laughs> Six hour fish episode. Yeah, right. We're we doing for like an hour. <laughs> oh man. Well, thanks guys. Uh, I'll definitely catch you guys soon. Uh, keep up the good work. Loving the podcast. Thank thanks, you. Thanks, Goldie. You're the man. You're the man. Thank you. You too. Keep up the good work. Okay. Thanks to Goldie, Jenner Strams, for for coming on, walking us through. The songwriting process. I love how he's just always thinking and pulling creative ideas from stuff. Um, That's so, and then just making it on my computer too is like, like that whole concept is like new to me. So I feel like it just, it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it sounds awesome. Like you, he mentioned it, but like you hear like computer and you expect it to sound like, like old, like Nokia ringtones. And that's not even close to what it is anymore. You can get like a gnarly sax on there. Yeah. Love some gnarly sax. Gnarly sax. <laughs> That'd be my band name. <laughs> uh, so we have to get into a little bit of fish talk. Uh, I won't go crazy because I can already hear some of our listeners rolling their eyes. But screw you guys. <laughs> and Nick's held this story for me for a week now. So I finally get to hear it. <laughs> um. So yeah, Goldie touched on it because he came with me um, to the Wednesday show, the 420 show. Um, I mean, what can I say? It was awesome. <laughs> it was so awesome. Um, our seats were on the floor right next to the sound and lighting board. So we could see um, Chris Carota, a.k.a. CK5, a.k.a. the fifth member of the band, a.k.a. Justin Bieber's light guy, a.k.a a legend <clears throat> i could just see him working see all these crazy screens he had up i'll put a picture on instagram because like the amount of screens and buttons he had or like touchscreen buttons was just wild like i don't i my hands are too shaky to even like touch these buttons they were so tiny but um anyway um yeah so we were in a row that was only like three seats and then next to us was just the soundboard and at one point I dropped uh, just like my like hair tie fell out. <laughs> um, it fell out and it fell like onto the soundboard. But like, it's like a nice hair tie. It's like I, some of them are cool. They're not just like little black hair ties. So I wanted it back and I walk over and this was before the show started. And I asked security, I'm like, hey, I like drop something. Can I get it? And he's like, oh, I'll get it. He can't find it. So no big deal. I got to walk onto the soundboard and uh, get my hair tied. But I walked onto the soundboard, 
I was going to mess with the screens, maybe uh, spell out Jet Admission Pod hey. for the crowd. But, Swimming um, with the dolphins. <laughs> so that, that was that um, video was nuts. I can't believe that didn't happen when you were there. <laughs> uh, I know. I know. Um, so what Brett's talking about is on the quote unquote New Year's Eve show. It was the rescheduled New Year's Eve show um, for New Year's Eve. Fish always does something goofy like they do a gag um is what they call it and uh this year they like had all this like smoke fill madison square garden they put like these blue lights throughout the whole thing and there were just these like giant whales and dolphins like floating around i guess they had some helium in it i don't know because it wasn't just like balloons or like small pool toys this was like the size of like a, an orca whale it was it was nuts and then the, the stage had this like huge like um maybe it was a screen in front of it um like where where the floor would go it like sloped down and it was they were projecting all this like cool stuff onto it um basically they turned the garden into an aquarium and um i was somewhere else <laughs> we tried to go um me and my buddy josh went in with no tickets um and let me tell you not having tickets is more stress than i ever want to put myself through for a concert again i spent three full days three full days refreshing StubHub, a fish facebook group SeatGeek, um a website called cash or trade and um reddit just, just nothing went on resale all five no things were on resale but it was like eight hundred dollars for like seats in the 100s which i'm not paying eight hundred dollars for really anyone especially a band i've seen like 30 times but um seats just prices were not coming down um it was all i could think about like even the drive home from from work like leaving my computer i'm like oh I'm worrying about if a good deal is going up or you never know. Someone's just trying to get rid of their tickets at face value. It does happen. Um, but not on Friday, not on Friday. Um, Thursday, I was following to see what happened to those tickets. And those tickets went from three, 400 to one sixty. So I thought, okay, Friday, it's New Year's Eve show. So maybe they'll go to like 200. Uh, I can, I'll do that. It's fine. Um, just never happened. They never dipped below 400. They completely sold out. And um, we we're just walking around outside the garden with like one finger in the air. Cause that's like the universal sign for like need a ticket. And it was us and like a hundred other people with fingers in the air. Oh no, no luck. Um, there were some random, like, like New York city street dudes who are like, yo, you guys need tickets. And me being like the gullible person I am. I was like, yes, I would like a ticket, sir. <laughs> and he's like, oh, all right. Um, he said, I do like 150. I'm like, that's a great deal. Two, please. <laughs> and so I asked him, like, um, like, let me see the tickets. Cause I didn't, I didn't believe him. Um, but you know, I wanted to believe him. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, I got them in my pocket. And I'm like, all right, let me see them. And then he pulls out his phone. And I'm like, I thought you're going to show me the tickets. He goes, oh, I'm showing you where the seats are. I'm like, I want to see the tickets. Yeah, it's not going to. 
And what I, what I knew was that they didn't print tickets for this tour. It was all digital. So I knew it was full of shit. Um, so I was just like, yeah, I'm out of here. So, so we left. Then I had some, some lady on Facebook, uh, messaged me Thursday, but I didn't see it till Friday. And it's like an hour before the show I was like, Hey, you don't happen to still have these. Do you? And she goes, Oh, I was just about to give up. So happy you messaged me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure you're having a real hard time selling these tickets. Um, so I go back and forth with her knowing that she was just trying to scam me. And she's like, she's like, so how do we do payment? And what I learned throughout this whole process is you want to do PayPal goods and services, nothing else. Because if you do that, you can, you can um, rescind your payment. You can make it right if the person doesn't deliver. So as soon as I said that, That's she's, good like, to know. she's like, I don't have PayPal. Um, Venmo works fine. I'm like, yeah, you wish. And then I just blocked her. Um, so, yeah, we didn't get in. Um, wound up going to a bar, meeting some other friends. Um, still had an adventure. Um, <laughs> leave it at that. But, um, yeah, it was it was a bummer. But even though I didn't get in, I was still like I was proud, proud of them, you know, like I love this band and they are selling out every single seat in Madison Square Garden for four days to the point that me and my friend couldn't even get in if we were willing to spend 500 bucks. By the time the band went on, there were no seats available. So like they bring it and the people know and and I love it. And they still brought me an adventure that night, even though I didn't go in. Um, Would you say it was? Pack to the gills. <laughs> I think everyone had a whale of a time. <laughs> on the on the 420 show that I was at, they they played like they played a song called Leaves. They played a song called Stash. They played a song called Blaze On. And then they played a song called Gumbo, which is the chorus is um Ain't No Time to Stash the Gumbo. So like they like they were like doing some like, you know weed references for for the day which, you knew what they were doing yeah yeah um i'm grateful i went on wednesday i've seen them on 420 is still really cool even though like you missed the aquarium yeah but yeah it was it was cool the show itself wasn't different than like, like it wasn't like because it was like the weed holiday they did anything special or i'm sure the same amount of weed was being smoked in there <laughs> regardless um but to like have that like little like uh cult following holiday thing coincide with the with like a stoner band was definitely a nice little treat um yeah it was great to see them i can't wait for summer tour atlantic city that won't sell out because it's just like free for all on the beach so Still hoping to maybe get to the one of those December shows if they do them. Yeah. Yeah. Um I hope they do. Um they sometimes will switch it over to Miami for New Year's, which guess I'm buying a flight to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Um but yeah, if it's at the garden, like hundred percent. That's like yeah. home that's home base for fish. Like every all the fans throughout the country kind of agree. Like the garden is is home. Yeah, they're pretty high up on my list now, so I feel like I have to make that happen sooner than later. Yeah, 
just for like, the podcast too. exactly it's your responsibility <laughs> but yeah the musicianship and like just you just got to see him live um it's so fun it's so fun it's such a unique time yep so uh that was fish it was great to see him it'll be great to see him again and again and again and again and again <laughs> uh, we have a voicemail this week Ooh, yeah you i ready? heard it's a re- it's a very good question it's a great one it really got me thinking i love i love when our friends get us thinking all right so here we go fellas love the show first time long time calling in with a question for you wannabe by spice girls arguably a top five song of all time definitely a top guilty pleasure song of all time so i want to get your thoughts on what are the greatest guilty pleasure songs ever recorded and what makes a good guilty pleasure song you know the songs that you rock out to but you'll never admit to anyone else that you do tell me what you think what you really really think and keep up the good work later Definitely trolling you a little bit there. <laughs> How dare he speaks that name on this podcast? <laughs> so far, I feel like we've mentioned this song more than half of the episodes. <laughs> like our podcast should be named Wannabe at this point. <laughs> I actually learned that there is a Machine Gun Kelly song called General Admission. <laughs> oh, okay. I haven't listened to it, but uh, it exists. <laughs> so, yeah. Maybe a future theme song. <laughs> right um guilty pleasure songs this is such an interesting question because it's something that i think we've all thought about and maybe all had different opinions on throughout our lives so far um what what would you classify as a like a guilty pleasure so i have to say at the top and i'm not shitting on this question by any means but i feel like with my now that I'm in my 30s, I feel like there's no such thing as guilty pleasure songs anymore. You either like something or you don't. Yeah. And you should own what you like. There's you have no shame. Like you shouldn't feel ashamed for something you like. If it makes you happy, like then no one should give you shit for that. Yeah. But, unless you like wannabe. And yeah. then you have trash taste in music and you can get the hell off my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That was no, our question no. for the week. <laughs> You know, I told myself I wouldn't get angry. <laughs> it just <laughs> happens every time. Like your no, face I, turned red, I want to be. I think you're absolutely right. Like I definitely went through phases where I thought bands I liked weren't cool anymore and things like that. And I'm glad I, I grew out of that because you're absolutely right. Like you like what you like and just own it and it's fine. But I think there is there is room to define guilty pleasure. Um, so what I kind of came up with for myself um, is a song that if I say I like it, I feel the need to immediately justify why I like it. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> and there's one that came to mind. And I mean, there was a bunch that came to mind, but um, Love Yourself by Justin Bieber. It's an amazing song. That's a good one. It's got a killer trumpet solo. It's catchy. I think Ed Sheeran like wrote it or something. But this is, I have said those two sentences following why I like Love Yourself 
probably like 20 times in my life. Like every time I mentioned that song, I'm immediately like, yeah, but, but there's a cool trumpet and, and Ed Sheeran was involved. He's, he's kind of cool. Right. Like I always feel the need to like explain it, but it's just a good song. I don't know if you don't, if you don't like it, that's fine. You want to laugh at me. That's fine too. I, I think it's a good song, but that's my, that's kind of where I landed on my own personal definition of guilty pleasure is you want to justify why you like it. <laughs> I think that's a good way to put it now. Cause that's like, again, you're not ashamed. You just have to feel like you have to defend it. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Um, but it's funny. You mentioned uh, Justin Bieber. Cause like when he had that run, like when love yourself and like, what do you mean came out? Like there was like group threads. I was on with friends and it'd be like, shit, Bieber did it again. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> it's like, this is a really good song, but I don't want to tell anybody. <laughs> Exactly. And like we all just like secretly just text about how good the song was, but like we'd never put it on when we were hanging out or anything. Or <laughs> yeah, it was like, like we all just knew it was a good song. 2015 or somewhere. Yeah, 2015, 2016. Yeah, he was just crushing it. And I was talking to Nicole about it. Um, and I was saying, like, is it a guilty pleasure or like a hot take to be like, I think one of the most popular artists of all time has some good songs? Like <laughs> I, I don't even know like if that would, when we were trying to come up with what guilty pleasure is, I'm like me saying that I like some Justin Bieber songs. Isn't like going out on some crazy limb. <laughs> like, he's one of the most successful artists ever. Yep. So I don't know. Um, what did you have any non Bieber on your list? I did. So I'll use a recent example. Like I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but like, I love that Olivia Rodrigo album last year. And like driver's license was a big like like oh, guilty yeah. pleasure for a long time. <laughs> and but even like within recent years, like I used to like hate on Taylor Swift. And then like her last couple albums have been like phenomenal. Like it really shows like she's like really talented, knows how to write a song. And I was just being an asshole, like hating on anything <laughs> she put out. But she's actually like very good. And I don't think there's nothing wrong with me liking her music now or being like ashamed to. No, yeah, but, like, like uh, she was a guilty pleasure. Like she put out something I enjoyed. I'm like, this is, a, I guess, a guilty pleasure. But now I just enjoy her for the artist that she is and has grown into. Yeah, like people just making music, and if it's good, it's good. Or if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. It might not be like good by like not calling out Taylor Swift at all. She's a she's a great songwriter. But one I had that I think probably isn't a good song. <laughs> Call me maybe. I mean you have to like that song right it's not a song i'm gonna like go around advertising but people swear song. by her too like more than that song yeah you know she was on like a ton of like see here we go justifying <laughs> <laughs> but she was on like a ton of year-end lists that year um i think i mix her up with um uh friday by rebecca black which i is not a guilty pleasure because i don't no, like that i don't song. like that song either <laughs> but i think they came out around the same time maybe so i kind of like jumbled them up in my head but um yeah that one's like not good call me maybe is like a great pop song so um <laughs> is weezer a guilty pleasure at this point <laughs> arguably yes <laughs> um i also had any share songs on my list um my mom That's was a like a, a huge, <laughs> a huge Cher fan. So like Cher was like some of the first music I ever remember hearing as like 
a person. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, I have a soft spot for share. Uh, but again, not uh, something I'm going to go around <laughs> bragging about. <laughs> not going to put her on Spotify? <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. And that's the thing with a lot of these like guilty pleasure songs is I I don't really go out of my way to listen to any of these. Like if I like songs, I will listen to them, but I don't have any guilty pleasures. Like you said, Olivia Rodrigo, like you were just into the album. You were putting it on and listening to it all the time. Yeah. (laughs) So it sounds like, yeah, you just liked that album. Like I'm never like, Ooh, I want to listen to love yourself. But when I hear it, come on, I'm like, hell yeah, this is a great song. (laughs) And then I like rock out to it for a little bit. What do you mean? Is that is that another one? Another great Bieber song. <laughs> See, I I'd probably know it if I heard it. I don't. I'm never, what do uh... you mean? <laughs> he has that song now about like getting his weed from California, and I do not like that song. It sounds very lazy, and it's just like the whole song is like I get my weed from California, and it just like does that like, the whole song. <laughs> it, that like, does not oh, sound like a good song. So bad. <laughs> It's so bad. I I feel like he probably doesn't even like it. Um, here's a question. Would you consider Creed or Nickelback guilty pleasures? I was going to mention Nickelback because like me and my friend group were obsessed with them. I mean, All the Right school. Reasons is a, yep. <laughs> it's a great album. <laughs> like, what do you And offering? Dark Horse right after that, that came out like 2009. Like We saw oh, them like three yeah. times on that tour. They were touring with like Hinder, <laughs> who we really liked. And yep. Papa Roach. They toured with Breaking Benjamin and Days Grace. Yep. Like, yeah, they were they were in the mix. I still um, enjoy Creed though, too. Like, yeah, I don't listen I, to them anymore, but like those three albums are <laughs> can I well, say what, they're good? Because I, I really enjoy them. <laughs> I, they they are like I don't know when it happened or like who decided. Like I was I was talking to my uncle and he mentioned Creed and I like kind of laughed and he's like, What? I was like, Oh, like. I don't know. I don't think we're supposed to like Creed anymore. <laughs> I'm not I'm not entirely sure like why. Um, I don't know. I like, I think you could make a case for Nickelback that they had good albums and then like they just kept doing the same thing yeah. over and over and, over, and they became almost like a parody of themselves. But I mean, I think if you ask anyone who grew up in like the nineties, two thousands, if they were listening to like all the right reasons or, uh, was the Silver other Silver Side? Yeah. yeah. Like those were good songs. I don't know. See, but like here I am trying to defend it. So guilty pleasure. Boom. Yep. And I feel <laughs> like they haven't put out, then again, I really haven't listened to them. So I don't know if it's fair for me to say they don't put out good music anymore, but I really, I don't listen. So I can't really give an answer yeah. one way or the other. Yeah. You could write like a whole like dissertation on Nickelback. <laughs> really could. Even Creed too. Like I made the mistake of telling a, uh, one of my fraternity brothers in college, I like Creed. And to this day, he's still like, he's like, hey, how's Scott Stapp doing? <laughs> like, shout out Whitford if you listen. But like, he <laughs> he will never stop bringing up Creed whenever I see him. Uh, but I don't know if it's a joke or if he genuinely likes them too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's just certain bands that like became like big jokes and you're not allowed to. Like, I definitely wouldn't go around like talking about Nickelback. But if anyone asked no. me if I like all the right reasons like yeah of course (laughs) that album was huge when we were kids it's just because then i was thinking too like like backstreet boys and sync like all that like 
to me, that's not guilty pleasure. Like we grew up with that. Yeah. And those are, we're like, they're hit machines. Well written. Yeah, exactly. They were just like hit. Yeah. Well said. Just hit after hit, catchy song after catchy song. Like, I don't think anyone our age would call them a guilty pleasure. They would just say, of course, of course I like them. So it might have to do a little with uh, your age group. Like I bet people 20 years older than us would be like, Oh, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Like that's weird. But if you grew up with it, you grew up with it and you know, so it's, it's, it's all relative, but if you like it, you like it. That's it. That's the big takeaway now in our wise yeah. old age. Yeah. <laughs> Wear that Nickelback shirt to shop, right? And don't let anyone throw tomatoes at you. <laughs> it had so many hits though. Like if you like look into it, like it's insane. And they like, everyone just shits on them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they, they were like killing it for a few years. And they were good live too. Yeah, they put on a great show. Like, I don't know. I I never really had a problem with them until no. everyone had a problem with them. But yeah, I don't know what they've been up to lately. Let's see. Uh, they put out a live album in 2021. They remastered All the Right Reasons in 2020. So it seems like the last new album they did was called Feed the Machine in 2017. And you know what? I bet it has some heavy ass songs on it. <laughs> or or maybe not. <laughs> or maybe not. Yo, Live first song. This Rock. is this is super heavy. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> Feed the machine it is. Yo, this isn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Someone tell me why we're not supposed to like Nickelback. <laughs> and what a turn of events. Because <laughs> my friend who called in this question loves Nickelback. And I like to make fun of him for it, but I have no basis. I feel like it's all like a joke, but like not us. It's not like the, what am I trying to say here? The hate on them, I feel like, is not that accurate. Because, like, look at all the plays on these uh, on these songs on Feed the Machine. Like, 41 million, 25 million, 24 million. Like, they're still True. getting millions of listens. Yeah. yeah, they're not, like, a failed band that people are laughing at. This, this uh, 2014 album has a song with 65 million. Wow. 184. Jeez, I wonder what their most played song is. Rockstar? That'd be how you remind me, right? Oh, true. Um, that was on Silverside. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. 617 million. Yeah, that has to be it. Damn. I mean, that, that was a great song. <laughs> All right. Nickelback it was like episode. that came out and like Blurry <laughs> came out in like 2001. I was obsessed with like both of those songs. Yeah. I feel like Puddle of Mud sneaks by not being made fun of. And I, I like Puddle of Mud songs, so I don't know if they're supposed to be. But like Come Clean was a great album. She Hates Me. Yeah. Um, Blurry, like you said, Control. That's a great Control song. Control is a good one. Yeah. 
to me they were kind of like uh like walmart nirvana <laughs> but i mean <laughs> that's a good way to put it <laughs> <laughs> you've seen them live right didn't we see them on the was it shinedown tour is that when he brought like kids on stage yeah. and they were like dancing in a circle? Yeah. Yeah. He has like that kind of Kurt Cobain look and like raspiness. And their songs are like pretty grungy. But yeah, I are feel like this, this whole genre like kind of gets a bad rep, to be honest. It's because it's popular and people like to just shit on whatever's popular. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just still surprised at like how heavy that Nickelback song I just put on was. <laughs> what was it called? Uh, something the machine. Feed the machine. <laughs> Wasn't that ten years though? Unless they just both had an album with the same name. Uh, there's a lot of songs called Feed the Machine. There are. <laughs> I'll just go through this real quick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's 10 Feed the Machines by different artists on Spotify. We got to stop feeding these machines. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna get obese. The machine is full. Yeah. <laughs> Put the machine on a diet. <laughs> Starve the machine. <laughs> uh, on that note. <laughs> yeah, that was quite the rabbit hole we went down there. Great question, yeah. though. Yeah, great question. Um, got us more thinking. like that. Yeah. He said he has more, so um, we can get a little backlog from from Palazzi here. Thank you for the question. That was great a great question. run, and he's going to be so happy we wound up talking about Nickelback for 10 minutes. <laughs> that was probably his plan all along. <laughs> um, Want to be and Nickelback. Uh, please, Brett. I'm trying to have a positive end of the show here. <laughs> Don't speak that name. Ah. <laughs> uh. No, I'm not going to zip in my lips. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that name out your mouth. <laughs> um, I don't know if there's much going on next week as far as releases. Um, I know once we hit May, there's like a ton that comes out. Yeah. Yeah. We're in like a small little lull right now. Um, what was it? So block party has an album next week which i don't really listen to much block party i know the song like helicopter from guitar hero and i know that blink 182 is fans of them what's that the glass song that's like their best when the drums are like insane uh, breaking glass maybe i'm not i'd have to listen to it but um yeah um we'll listen to this album for next week i love i love having an excuse to like keep up with all this stuff and listen to cool bands like King Gizzard, Villain Pursuit, and Cold Years, Goodbye to Misery. Put it on. Listen to it. Love it. Album of the year so far. Yeah. A-O-T-Y. Like Eating Glass is the Block Party song. Okay. All right. So listen to that. Um, and you have to listen to... Bowling for Suit. Bowling and I report suit. back next week. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. That's our show. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Brett. Thank you, Palazzi, for the great question. We love everyone. Love you all, and thanks again to Goldie, too. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Goldie. Good night, everyone. Peace. Peace. Peace.
Nice.